0: I'm Dr. Rick Wadge, and we're here with a couple of guests, you're going to love to be Good to see you. Good to see, you. Good to see Rick. Gary Christophero <laughs> from <Yeah. Everstrike>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the interview. I'm Dr. Rick Wadge, and I have one of our favorite guests and friends, and that's Gary Cristofaro with Ezra International. Hi, Rick. How's hey? it? <laughs> how are you good to see you it's good to see you too you know we we talk about this a lot and maybe it's the same introduction that we repeatedly do and that would be this the world's in a mess more so than ever before
1: at least in my lifetime i mean i know that my parents generation suffered through world war ii um but i in my lifetime i've never seen the level of hatred division anti-Semitism. Um, and then the the delusion over, uh, you know, who who's who's the, the the guilty party here in Israel? You know, this idea that somehow Hamas, a terrorist organization, a demonic terror terrorist organization, could somehow be the injured party, and after what we witnessed on October seventh in Israel, I mean, we're living in upside down times for sure.
0: We are. It's it's like everybody has myopic vision, mm-hmm. where they can't see outside of their little uh, their little focus, and the focus tends to be guided by very very liberal news mm-hmm. that seems to have a very evil agenda, and part of that agenda seems to be maybe a global initiative or something certainly to change. The face of America.
1: Oh, yeah. The face of America. Maybe the face of the world. I I have a deep desire. I wish we had an honest media in this country again. Because it seems to me that there's so many people that are ignorant and in the dark about what's going on. And if we at least had an honest media reporting the facts on the ground as they are, many people would be able to understand and make a decision regarding... Especially the things happening
0: in Israel today, I agree. When you look at uh, what's taking place in southern Israel on the border, as well as in now in northern Israel as well with Hezbollah, uh, it seems like we're looking with a filtered Western set of uh, naive eyes. Yeah, very naive and um, easily persuaded. Uh, because
1: if you don't, if you're t- too lazy to look up the facts and look up the history look up the facts look up the things that really matter and and i dare say that look it through the eyes of scripture through the eyes of god uh, then you can be so easily d- deceived and this delusional idea uh, i spoke of not long ago in, in a message about for example uh, a far leftist who would stand for gay rights in this country and then stand also with Hamas. The very people who would, you know, if you are gay, throw you off a building. Kill pay, you on sight. Kill you on site. That's delusional. Yes, that's, that's there's something definitely wrong with people's understanding of right and wrong and even where people, their ideologies are.
0: And this seems to pour into all all areas of study these days, where people aren't somehow, we're not training the next generation to think through things logically. Mm. And it seems to approach us on every level. Be able to spend without any limits, and have trillions of dollars in debt that we cannot pay off. We're barely able to be able to pay off just the interest on the loans mm. to other countries. Mm. Just these very simple things, and then life goes on as normal as long as my favorite episode is on television. It's very strange. Well,
1: yeah, you mentioned myopic, and when the first thing I think of myopic, it's our heads buried in a device, and and we're getting soundbite information, uh, and and it's it's a brainwashing. It's a it's a slow brainwashing with this just these soundbites, and not taking the time to really investigate what's behind uh what's the motivation what's the truth what's what what is the history of like i said earlier and 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 look at the patterns of what's happening versus just that quick soundbite information that we get
0: and it's interesting that you bring up you know looking at your phone and that's where you're getting all your information because doctors now have a new phenomenon they're naming text neck text neck text neck because it's affecting our vertebrae. Oh yeah, yeah. Because of spending yeah. so much time looking down at a device, up and right. around, and seeing things. Yeah. So it's affecting us in many, many ways. But we're back to this topic of what the world, the way the world is portraying this war that's going on between absolute demonic terrorists and a state or nation, country. Of Israel that is really just wanting to get along with its neighbors. That's
1: all they want. Israel, I think they were a victim of their own desire for peace because instead of going in and destroying Hamas a long time ago you know cleaning house they set up defense mechanisms defense with technology you know uh, they they it's you know the iron dome the the inter- to intercept missiles david sling David like all those things were set up for defense and to keep to to they, their hand wasn't forced. In other words, if somebody fires, it, let's let's just put it this, make this personal. If somebody's going to shoot you, you shoot them before they shoot you. Yeah.
0: Right? Normally. Yes.
1: In Israel's case, they were being shot at and having to come up with ways not to respond. In other words, this missile's coming. Let's shoot it down. Nobody's hurt. So we don't have to respond. Another missile comes, shoot it down, don't have to respond. So they didn't have to go after the perpetrators. And they got they got so used to that because they didn't want the world to condemn them for going in and and taking care of business,
0: which, it's, in its own, is crazy. Yes, it the is. world wouldn't defend if Mexico attacks Absol- us, Absol- Canada attacks us. I mean, they'd have to get a lot of moose. Like, but anyways, if Canada <laughs> no, could absolutely- muster up enough. Firearms to right? To right.
1: <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. In itself, it's crazy, but it's that's crazy. that's the world we live in. And so Israel decided they'll put their fence up and they'll pull out their troops and they'll just uh, trust that that uh, their enemy would uh, be too afraid to attack. Well, as we found out on October seventh, they were not too afraid to attack. They waited for their opportunity. They came in and they slaughtered innocent men, women, and children. I mean, they burnt baby um oh, we're gonna we're gonna watch a video in a moment so i won't say too much but we all know what happened if yes. we're honest with each other we all know what happened mm-hmm. and then we watched the world reaction which we thought would have been a sane one and stand by israel for a split second for a split second, it was, it was and then immediately israel becomes the bad guy yes
0: yeah yeah we have a bad um uh, we have a horrible history of forgetting facts. We really do. yeah. And uh, Israel, you know, and I'm not, I'm trying not to be biased in the way I'm, I'm talking about this, but Israel historically has dealt with this for so many years. Remember when they first, and you know this well, when they first became a, a, a nation, mm-hmm. a state, state of Israel, they were instantly uh, up against the other countries around them, the 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 five, Muslim countries. Five nations attacked. Yes, immediately. immediately. Their so their history has been yeah. one of going to Israel so that they can be safe, mm-hmm. and yet all the way through their history they've had to battle the nations around them. This is not a new thing.
1: It is not a new thing, and and it, they've, they have made every effort to, to make peace with their neighbors, and that has not been the case. And since you brought that up, I think I'll, I'll address this through scripture. Um, you know, we've been asked a lot lately, Rick, with a war in Israel. What, you know, is the Aliyah still going on? Would you? Why would people still go? Well, we've we've watched a beautiful phenomenon happen where there's been many. Jewish people have said, "I've got to go now." Mm-hmm. we number one, we see what's going on in the nations and anti-Semitism is is being exposed. It was under the underground, but now it's being exposed. so let's let's get out of here. You know, Israel is the only place. To- France would be a good France example is a perfect example, yeah. Another thing that's rising up is this sense of loyalty, and and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll use the word that the, the world hates, but Zionism. Mm-hmm. The idea that, you know, that's my people, that's my land, I need to be there and I need to help. You know, so that's happening, which is incredible. There has been some hesitation because there is war. Can I pause you? Is there anything wrong with having national pride? None. None whatsoever. Now, the accusation normally comes at a Jewish person is, oh, your loyalty is to Israel and not to the country you're in. That's never been the case. I don't believe that for a minute. You know, Jew- Jewish people in their nations are very loyal and contribute in such a beautiful way. But when push comes to shove and they, n- they realize they're hated where they are, and they realize that there are people in Israel being slaughtered. they they want to go, they want to be there to help and they want to get a, get away from the nations that don't want them anyway. So there's a, there's it's a multifaceted psyche thing you know, thing that goes on there. but to address as as God would see this, no matter what's going on in Israel, it's still the promise, the ancient promised land for them. Think about it was the first thing that Joshua had to do when he went into the land to take take the land fight and it has never changed it's still a fight and Isaiah 49 is a passage that is really all about the aliyah and the call to the nations to be there for 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 of the Jewish people and help them out and it talks about in verse 19 of Isaiah 49 it talks about the desolate places being Uh, Becoming alive again, and then the then the children of Israel saying this place is verse 20. This place is too small We need more land which so that's God's view of things they're going to keep coming and coming and coming Until the point where they need more land. It's their land Verse 22 is the verse that we often quote about why Ezra International does what we do It says thus says the Lord God behold. I will lift my hand in an oath to the nations That's us and set my standard for the peoples, they shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders, okay, so that's us helping, whether physically and that's happened physically literally, and then metaphorically those who are giving you know are helping to us do that, okay, so we're to do that, and all all the while then God says this in verse twenty five but that says the Lord, and it's youvave Yehovah. Even the the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and pray, and and the terrible will be delivered. And I will contend with him who contends with you. Speaking Mm. of those who contend with Mm -hmm. Israel. So it's a natural, understood phenomenon. And God knows that they will be fighting and he will contend with those who are contending with them. But they're still to come home. They're, they're, this is a this is a a biblical fact a, a a god thing. We don't understand it completely, but they're going to have to keep fighting until Messiah returns.
0: And I think you gave in a prior prior filming. I think you gave a statistic of the average of how many people are still coming in even after what took place. Yeah, and that was. I think the figure I gave was
1: just those that Ezra International has been helping. Okay, and the the average was over five hundred a month mm-hmm. in the three months since the three months from October seventh till today, over five hundred a month coming into Israel just through Ezra International's help. That's not counting all the others who have uh-huh. So you know there are there are still thousands coming to Israel. Um, and and I, think, I think our audience needs to know that because um, one of the questions, as I said, was, is the aliyah still going on? You know why, Or why would you send people to Israel when there's war? Well, this war is isolated and the IDF will win. They will destroy Hamas and the rest of Israel is going to, even though their economy has been affected tragically, they're going to continue. Not not just because they're so ingenious and they're so uh, you know uh, you know they're, they're gonna they're they're not gonna give up.
0: But there's another element. There's the element of the fact that it's God's promise, right? And that's the that's place where He placed His name. Exactly. He didn't say it was Cleveland. No. Not California. Nope. Especially not me. Colorado. I'm using C's. I don't. know. <laughs> but anyways, no, he didn't. He said it would be yeah. in Israel. That's where He would place His name. Yeah. And so there's something special about Israel. And uh, this draw, uh, you've described that very much. This draw, uh, how do you put that? Oh, the well, uh, you, uh,
1: homing pigeons. Yes, yes that's how you do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's, that's when God awakens
1: that, yes. uh, that draw that you're getting. Yeah. And then I said there's also those push factors the push factors being anti Semitism, mm-hmm. economic collapse, war, mm-hmm. all these things help push Jewish people out of whether it be their comfort zone yeah. or the fact. And listen, I'm not I'm not in, in being, uh, you know, critical in any way, because you're talking about people who've lived for generation after generation after generation in a com- in a town, in a community, in a country that they're familiar with. And their entire history is there. Yes, their family is there. And sometimes it takes that push to say, no, I need to be in Israel." And then other times that something awakens in the heart and and they just go.
0: Yes. Well, God is absolutely doing the work. We can see it in all the nations. There's a trembling going on Mm. uh, with multiple generations. I think right now saying it's almost like they're waiting backstage Mm. to see what's going to come out in the next scene. Yeah. And uh, that really appears to be. I'm sure you feel the same way, something in your life, something in your community, something in your country, wherever you're watching this from. There's a change. There's a shaking that's going on. And what Gary's talking about is that shaking. There's a purpose in that shaking. And it's part of it is bringing the Jewish people back to their land. Because there's a lot of things in God's, uh, the prophecies he set up through the prophets that take place once that has taken place. Right. It's almost like a domino effect. Yeah, it is a domino effect. You know,
1: what we often talk about the scripture of Jeremiah 16, 14 and 15, and it talks about the land of the north. And and there are other passages that speak of the land of the north. And where would that be? Well, we have to remember Israel-centric scripture. You know, where anything was yes. north of yeah. Israel, yeah, and you're, you know you're going to eventually run into the the former Soviet Union countries, Ukraine and Russia, and and all of the uh, the the stand countries and things of that nature. So, the, what I started to say, the key to that domino effect, I believe, was the collapse of the Soviet Union. The freeing up of where potentially more millions more, but at least a million have come already, leaving the land of the north, and coming home to Israel when that collapsed, and that seems to have triggered those dominoes mm-hmm. and people coming from all over the world. I mean, we work in three continents. We work in South America. We're working yes. in Europe. We're working in Asia, and and we're watching all of this happen. Uh, Before our eyes the the fulfillment of the scriptures that God absolutely. Yeah. He said like I love I love the analogy That that first let's call the first domino the rebirth of the modern state Mm -hmm. of Israel 1948. (laughs) Yes You know once that fell now we have a
0: place to come and to me God's timing prophetically had stopped that That's my thinking Mm -hmm. and then it starts up again As soon as they enter the land. Yeah,
1: and then and we have these promises of the land prospering Mm -hmm. again
0: that's exactly
1: what happened. So what happened? Now did it take a lot of blood, sweat and tears on the okay. part of the Jewish people? Yes. But that again is how God intended this partnership with his creation to work out. Yes. They they didn't go they just didn't go in and conquer the or take the land without a fight. And they still have to grow their crops and they still have to yes. be innovative and and, and work hard. But that's God. That's how
0: God that's part of it. We're partnering, yeah. if you will, co-laborers. Yeah. yeah, Amen. And so there's a part that we play. There's a part that you play. I'm thinking about when we were talking about that things are being shook up, if you will. Yeah. And I'm sure that you sense there's a change going on. You can see it yeah. with economies in the different nations. You can see it with the political system being an upheaval. Mm-hmm. You can see it with these oligarchs that are beginning to, you know, push change and and push uh, vaccinations and push all kinds of things on us today that they had not done in the past. There's an intensity that's growing and growing and growing, like, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever used this before, kind of like childbirth pains, something along Uh, those uh, lines. I think I've read that somewhere I know, Uh, birth pains. Yeah. Um,
1: No, that's that's good, Rick. And um, you mentioned the word uh, partner. Partner partnering with God, yes. and you know the fact that we uh, we also work with partners, and I think I think this is one of the times it's so important. Um, our ministry partner, our sister organization, Ministry to Israel, uh, the founder and director Michael Lauterbach, describes the work that we do at Ezra International and MTI as two hands of one ministry. Explain that, please, and I will thank you because. One of the, again, one of the the number one questions that we get at Ezra International is, okay, this is great. I, I love the fact that we're getting them home, but what happens to them when they get home? What happens to the Jewish people when they get home? Well, we we have to answer that question a little bit differently today than we were uh, before October seventh, but hmm. we have. Partners on the ground who are making a way, helping them through the, navigate the bureaucracy, helping them with uh, assistance—you know, physical assistance. Uh, in, the mo- mothers getting diapers is simple. I mean, as practical as that. Yes. Uh, appliances, you know, food—all these types of things. And then, um and, and so that's that was ongoing and is ongoing. It, it doesn't stop. But then, when October seventh hit. Now you have Jewish people, refugees in their own country. People had to leave Gaza. People had to leave the, the border towns of the north. And they're being put up in hotels. Um, they're, 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 you know, they've left everything behind. They need everything. So that, on top of the soldiers' needs, bulletproof vests, helmets, mm-hmm. change of underwear, yes. mattresses, right. all those things we're helping with through Ministry to Israel. So we set up the Emergency Relief Fund for just these occasions at at, at Ezra International, Emergency Relief Fund for occasions when war breaks out or certain tragedies happen. And in this case, we're helping for Ministry to Israel to do these things, help Jewish refugees in their own country and the soldiers Mm -hmm. uh, through their time of crisis. Of course, they're being supplied the best they can by the nation of israel sure but we're lending a helping hand yes
0: yeah well it's following after the image of god i mean the right. very one of the very first things that god did after creation was to clothe the first couple and, and, <laughs> so yeah, it's true it's practical and it's very practical he gives rain on the righteous and the unrighteous very practical right. god is very practical Amen. among other things and so here we are now, towards the end of our first session together on this, but maybe we should jump into the video. And if we don't have time to do much comment, commenting on it in this episode, we can do it in the next. Okay. And, uh, but we want to remind you that it's not easy to watch this video. It's uh, it's heartbreaking, but it is essential that we understand the very center of what God is doing takes place in the land of Israel. Yeah. Here's Mike Wetterback with Ministry to Israel.
2: We are standing in uh, Kfar Aza. This is a small community uh, just two miles from the Gaza border. On October 7th, this is one of the, the small villages that were impacted and infiltrated by the terrorists that came across from, from, uh, from Gaza. And I'm standing in front of a home right now. You can see the devastation that took place here. 250 terrorist, actually demonic men, that came into this place began firing at 6.30 in the morning. And uh, they began devastating this whole area. You'll see picture after picture of one home after the other where people were were killed. Uh, There was beheadings here. There were rapes. People were burned. To death here. And we're standing in front of this home that you can see right here. Uh, this dear lady and her two children that lived in this home are now in Gaza. Uh, they are still hostages and they're still there. Right now they have not been released. This area right here was where the youth were, uh, where, where the youth stayed. You can see and many of these houses where uh, young people lived. That circle right there with the dot in it means that there was a body that was found in this place right here. As we stand here today, we just remind you that it's time for us to cry out for to God to help these people so that this will never happen again so that what you see here today will never take place in this, in the country of Israel ever again you know there was a time when this was a beautiful little place as you walk through kafar aza you can see where children played bicycles everywhere you know little trampolines and and uh, just toys strewn throughout the area and then to go from those kind of pictures to this kind of devastation it's hard to even imagine it that that people could do this to each other that something like this could take place we need to be praying for these people we need to be praying for the nation of Israel we need to be praying for the families that have lost loved ones here. I can't even imagine the pain. And also, you know that, that um, we have a, a fund that we, we've been raising money. Every dime that we raise for the crisis fund goes to help people. We've Been able to pour in close to a million dollars to help the, the soldiers and the, the people that, that have been driven from this place and other places around. Can see in the far distance, this is Gaza City. Uh, it's less than, than uh, two miles away. I've asked Oleg to just kind of tell a little bit about what we are doing in the country and what we have done since October 7th.
1: All the people from these kibbutz were either killed or were evacuated by the army or evacuated themselves. And as you can see, they had to leave in a second like, not even in one hour, but in one second. So they left without everything. So we got requests from people that were evacuated from uh, these uh, kibbutzes all around the Gaza. And uh, they stayed in different hotels all over the Israel. So we were taking to them uh, clothing, winter clothing, all kind of clothing. And it was uh, really helpful for them because uh, like, they didn't have uh, things to wear. They took their children barefoot from their houses. So it was a big help for them, and they were extremely thankful for that.
2: We are, um, will be involved for the next few months, this next couple of years, and on until this thing ends. We're going to be here helping the people in Kafar Aza, also in other villages all around this place. But we are your hands, and we're your feet. And you're the ones that, that really have supplied the finances for us. We could not do this without you. And so, with all of our hearts, from Kafar Azza, from Israel, God bless you and thank you.
0: Well, you saw it, Gary. Uh, go ahead and comment on the video. Uh, it's hard, as you said before the video, to watch
1: and to recall the events of that day, and and sadly, soldiers are still dying now in defense of Israel. But Rick, all I have to say, if for anybody who thinks that, that Israel is the aggressor here, they, they're dead wrong, and this was a demonic attack on innocent men, women, and children, and we're doing everything
0: we can to bless those people in return now. Mm-hmm. It's always a blessing having Gary on the show. We're going to come back with a second episode and talk more about what we should be doing. What can we do? Maybe it's time to talk to our ministers behind the pulpit, the rabbis. uh, I'm sure the rabbis are keyed in, but make sure that they are. uh, If you have a priest, your priest, whoever, they all need to be on the same page, recognizing that what God is doing first starts and surrounds his people in Israel and we bear the benefits of what God has done through them in bringing salvation to the world. We'll see you next time. Welcome to the interview. I'm Dr. Rick Watts. here with a couple of guests. You're going to love. you're good it. to see you. Good to see you, Rick. Gary Cristofaro. <laughs> from Emberstrive. Yeah. Uh,